Voices of the Elephant is proudly sponsored by SiteGround.com, a leader in website hosting and a terrific partner for all your website projects. Their top-notch technologies will make your websites fast and secure. Welcome to the Voices of the Elephant podcast. Each episode of Voices of the Elephant brings you an interview with a member of the PHP community. From project leaders to user group organizers, we talk to the people that are helping make the PHP community special. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Voices of the Elephant. I'm your host, Wasim Karate, and today my special guest is Supreme Allied Zen Commander Matthew Way O'Finnis. Salute! How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So excited to see you. Finally, we have uh, a, a place to, to talk. <laughs> exactly. It's been years. Yes, yeah, been years. I think I, in the past I had you like twice on uh, the Seven PHP blog. Yeah, and since then we haven't touched base, and it's a good time. That's good to see you. So tell us a bit. What are you currently working on, and any exciting projects that you are doing? Uh, yeah, I, I'm doing all sorts of things uh, right now at Perforce. I've been working on uh, supported runtime with LTS versions, and that's uh, Zen PHP. And more specifically, uh, working on orchestration pieces with that. Uh, so I've been getting stuff published up to all the different cloud providers. So we have machine images on all those. We've been working on uh, Docker templates for Compose and Stack and Kubernetes and uh, Terraform templates. Oh, boy, that was fun. <laughs> um, but basically, the whole idea there is to simplify cloud orchestration for PHP applications. So I've been really, really excited about this. Uh, I think we've got uh, some really fun things for people to start playing with. And I'm excited to see people do that. And then with uh, Laminus, just watching things ramp up continuously has been a pure pleasure to see. Um, I want to go back a bit. Uh, like uh, in back in time, Zen by Perforce. How did the transition go for you as compared to the emblematic Zen philosophy that was in place? I'm not quite sure what was emblematic about the Zen philosophy or even what it was. <laughs> um, uh, it's something you'll need to tell me. Um, but, you know, I've been with Zen since 2005. Uh, and when I was first started, it was and it continued to operate until its first acquisition as a startup. Uh, which in 2005 was supremely exciting, right? Because, uh, uh, you know, the startups trends were just uh, coming up again after the bubble and uh, things were just looking fantastic for the future. Uh, the real problem that Zen has always faced is that it competes against free, right? You can get PHP for free anywhere. So why would you buy PHP? <laughs> and uh, that's really always been our biggest problem. But the simple fact is that... Uh, Companies, for a variety of reasons, have regulatory requirements. Uh, they might have auditing requirements, security requirements that require somebody to point the finger at. <laughs> you know, I need a security patch, or can you uh, prove that this is patched? Um, can you give me support when this doesn't work? That sort of thing. And that's really where our niche is. And uh, the problem I saw was that uh, that's not always been recognized within the company. Um, whether that was under Zend or whether that was under uh, Rogue Wave. Um, so it became a, 
you know, it was, it was one of those things that was, that's really where our bread and butter was going to be. But uh, we weren't necessarily marketing to those people. We were marketing to developers. You know, that's how I met you is through going to conferences and talking to developers, but developers quite often can't make those, you know, the, those decisions is what it comes down to. Uh, so that was um, an interesting part. Perforce totally gets it. That's what they, you know, <laughs> that's what their bread and butter has been are these larger co companies. Uh, so they understand how that works. They know how to market to those. They have a huge marketing apparatus. Um, it's, I, I was worried about the transition from going from a company of a few dozens to a company of 2000. Um, and actually it's been fantastic because I, anywhere I turn, there's somebody who's done something like this before and can help me. And uh, having just that huge breadth of knowledge internally is uh, fantastic versus mm -hmm. having to, you know, go out and ask on Twitter, has anybody done this before? You know, that's, Definitely. I can go in there. Um, so it's, I think it's been great. Uh, I've been really happy with that transition. You also have a new professional role, uh, if I may say so, which is product manager, right? You've always been the lead of Zen framework and uh, now you are kind of switched to a, a different, completely different role. Was it your choice or did you have to make that switch? Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is, it's been a really bizarre, I, I never expected to go in this direction. Uh, and yet at the same time, it's been a really good one. Um, you know, contractually, uh, Zend under Rogue Wave, uh, well, basically Rogue Wave decided to move development of uh, all the Zen products from the original Israeli team to a team in Estonia that we had just acquired through Zero Turnaround. Um, so for better or for worse, that was in place. There were contracts in place. Uh, my employment ended June 30th of 2019, and there was nothing that could be done about it. <laughs> and um, in the meantime, after that decision had been made, Perforce acquired Rogue Wave. And... Um, what was interesting was they actually saw the value in Zend uh, and they thought it was a really good thing. Most of the sales and mark, uh, well, the sales team, uh, the professional services team, the support team, all those people stayed. It was really the engineering team that changed the most. Uh, so a lot of these people have been around for a long time. They uh, knew the, the product inside and out. And so uh, one of my friends then, uh, and Maurice Kralaki, and uh, he had been working with the pro services team. He actually got moved into a product management and just weeks after <laughs> my uh, contract ended, was calling me to like riff on some ideas around uh, the product. And uh, so when I started looking uh, again at the end of August, early September of that year, uh, he reached out and asked if I could come up to Minneapolis to talk about Laminus ostensibly. And uh, mm -hmm. what it came down to was they had money to hire me back uh, to finish the first off the transition to um, Laminus because they're really heavily invested in that uh, transition. They also felt it was really good for the company and uh, they wanted to continue backing the Laminus project so that needed to be done. Uh, but they also wanted me as a subject matter expert around the uh, products. Um, fast forward to uh, April of the following year and uh, at that point, we transitioned uh, Laminus already, so they were looking for some things for me to do, and Maurice is getting more responsibilities as product manager across a variety of brands, and uh, he's like, you know, I'm really struggling keeping on top of the engineering team. 
uh, could you do that? So he made me product owner and a product owner is basically somebody who goes and um, makes sure that the engineering team stays aligned to the company goals and uh, is hitting the milestones and that sort of thing. And I did a deep dive and I'm like, okay, this new team, they're highly capable, but they are missing the you know 15 years of knowledge that preceded them. And so they didn't know, like they like all the stuff that, you know, was just like, heard knowledge in the old team was gone. And so we started looking at it and I said, you know, I really think that we need to separate the runtime from the application server. And so I made a business case for that. And because of that, and then the execution that the team did on Zen PHP, um, Maurice got to a point where he's like, I can't really do all these brands. And they made me product manager. The funny part, Cal is going to love this. Uh, Ido Ben Moshe is my new boss. Um, he is VP of uh, something like eight brands uh, right now and uh, oversees the product management. I, it was his idea all along to have me be product manager <laughs> and had planned on it. He just hadn't planned it at quite <laughs> this pace. <laughs> and so um, that was his plan. Okay. I had no idea. Um, but a good product manager is keyed into the ecosystem. And so uh, as far as they were concerned, I was like the perfect match for this particular thing. As somebody who's developed most of their professional career. It was a really strange transition. Um, but, you know, now I'm instead of I'm, I'm managing an engineering team and not actually coding. In fact, I can't because they're all doing stuff in C and C++. Um, oh, it was a really strange transition, but it also career-wise, it's a good one because I am an aging developer. Ageism in our field is a thing. Um, I'm hitting 50 in a little over a year here. So, uh, it's yeah. It's uh, what's that? Kids, nice. Thanks, Kids. <laughs> I hit fifty a while back. I I'm staring at the. I'm staring at sixty real hard now. So, so yeah. So it's like I, I know that it's a thing. Uh, and I figure you know this is actually a really good fit for my skills. I think communication is one of those things I do well, uh, and researching is one of those things I do well. I still get to do some coding. I've done some credentialing applications, some APIs for cloud services, creating Docker industry, that sort of thing. So it's been good. Uh, it's not what I expected. Nice. It's never what I planned, but I love it. Hey, let's chase this ageism rabbit for just a second because I, I, sure. I something I've um, always wanted to say. <laughs> yes, ageism is an issue in our industry, but our industry is also a lot like NASCAR. Now, for those of you in not in the U.S., NASCAR is like um, Formula One's goofy brother. Okay, um, but in NASCAR, I, you know, I I've been watching NASCAR long enough, so I've seen two or three cycles of drivers go through. And you get, you know, I was watching when Jeff Gordon first came on the scene at 18 years old, man, or 19, and yeah, he 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 ran until he's about 30. And then it got, it became very apparent that he didn't have the reflexes and stuff like that to do it. And I got to thinking about this one day because that is how my career went in, um, in development. I coded like a mad person until I was about 30, 35. And then I realized there's kids coming up behind me that can still do an all nighter. I just can't pull an all nighter anymore. So part of it is that, and I like seeing, people of our age and our experience level transitioning up so that we can help bring that next group of developers up. But, you know, the, the reality is that as we get older, we just don't have the stamina to, to do that stuff. And there's a lot of people that still love to pull those all-nighters and I never want to um, discourage that. 
Yeah. Well, I did a bunch of uh, late night coding around the laminus transition and I just completely burned myself out. Like, you know, by the time we got done with that, I just like slept for like three days. Uh, I can't handle it. It's, <laughs> it's not one of those no. things. Um, but on the flip side, you know, I think uh, with experience, we can also take a look at the processes and say, and I really understand, yeah, you know, I know that's important to you as a developer, but in terms of the deliverability, you know, of getting this out the door of uh, meeting the, the user requirements, we're already there. And right. so we can say, we can push that off to uh, a later iteration as it might be. So it's, I think that's one of the things with the experiences you figure out also what's necessary and what's not. And yeah. uh, you're able to make those calls a little bit more easier. Good, good choice. Okay, enough of the geezer chat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I would like to hook in uh, into that uh, for that transition a bit, like in your mind, like for example, a lot of people, like I had friends who had to do that transition Sometimes your mind plays tricks on you. It's like you have been coding for so many years. You get this new transition, this new role, and you're like, you have this adrenaline rush. Like your mind is playing tricks on you. Can I do it? Uh, will I be able to do it? Uh, did you have that Every kind of moment? day. Every day. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so funny because I'm learning new stuff all the time. I, I never did business stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So having to go and... Like I did a pricing exercise and I had to go and research about how different people price things and uh, then come up with justifications and figure out how it would affect uh, our renewal base and new logos and stuff like that. It's just like, what the heck? I've like, I never considered this stuff. Um, and so it was really funny. So it seems my wife talks about it. Like she always knows when I'm learning something new because for about a week or so, I come up every night. I'm just a zombie and I'm talking about like, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And then something will click and I'll get it done. And she can see like the, you know, my, my shoulders become less tense and uh, I'm drawing again and uh, everything's um, wonderful again. So it's, Every single day, I'm learning something new. It's a struggle often because it's stuff I'm not familiar with, nice. just like coding wasn't, right? When you first start coding, everything's a struggle. Uh, yeah, you, you learn a true. few things, you have some initial challenges, and then you're like, how do I do this? I don't know how to do this. It's the same thing with all of this stuff. Just the sentence that you said there, it, it all clicked away, shows that how much effort you have been putting in, and it's it's remarkable. And uh, yeah, it's it's like, it's a mental fight every day and also a lot of personal drive to 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 make sure you reach that that goal mm -hmm. well i would like to ask you for now you are the product on, on a professional level like you are the product manager at zen by perforce but you are also on the side still leading the laminas project mm -hmm. right the technical lead yep. is it a benevolent work i understand for the laminas now it's time for you to be a game changer with the Ring Central Developers Game Changer program. Grow your skills, help others in the community, and get rewarded with awesome prizes like Ring Central swag, conference tickets, software, iPads, computers, and so much more. Don't just be a developer, be a game changer and join the program today. For more information, visit developers.ringcentral.com. So are you, are you, are you getting paid for that? I uh, both. Uh, so I'm uh, my actual uh, title is uh, product manager slash uh, principal engineer. So principal engineer is what I brought with me from uh, on my pre previous role at Rogue Wave. 
Um, so that part of my role is entirely around um, Laminus Project. And so I continue to lead the uh, Laminus Project. So I set aside a couple of afternoons a week where I'm actually, that's when I have time blocked out of my calendar professionally so that I work on that. Um, and I do some uh, in my off hours as well. And uh, there's actually mm-hmm. a lot of stuff we've been doing yeah. uh, to, to do that. Uh, in terms of it, you know, I'm still the project lead, but the interesting part is I actually don't make that many decisions. Uh, in fact, I try to make as few decisions as possible because we have a steering committee for that and we have monthly steering committee meetings. And so we get together, we hash things out. And then my job as project lead is to enable uh, contributors and maintainers. That's, that's my job. Uh, and so there's some coding with it, but not a lot because it's mostly uh, processes. Just a, a question that was also on my mind is like when this transition happened and you went through all that uh, ups and downs and this transition period, did it cross your mind that, okay, I want to stop with Laminas or were you kind of, it was in your heart, you want to carry forward with it? Because from what I see, you are like a real captain on board of that Laminas because you have been here for so many years, driving you literally the heart of that system. I I never said I was, I never felt like I was going to give it up. I will admit, though, um, you know that that summer uh, where I said between the positions, I didn't do any contribution during that period of time. Uh, and in part, it was I was burned out. But the other part was it's like I'd been paid to do this for so many years. It was like hard to justify why would I do this on my off hours. On the flip side, I'm very invested on continuing to see it thrive. Uh, I spent you know, decades of my career now in this, right? So it's yeah. I, I want to make sure that it continues. I know a lot of people have invested their time and uh, money and uh, energy into this project and continue to rely on it for their own projects and applications. So I want to make sure it works. Uh, an interesting thing is uh, back in 2008, uh, under Zen Framework, um, we were deciding that we wanted to have some sort of integration with the JavaScript library. And there were several on the horizon at that time, uh, prototype, if any of you remember that. Um, jQuery had just really started and was getting a little bit of momentum. And then Dojo Toolkit was another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up going with Dojo, uh, which <laughs> we all know where that ended. <laughs> so, but uh, the people I was working with on that, um, it was Pete Higgins and um, Alex, what is his last name? Something I can't remember his last name. Alex went on to be uh, on the web standards committee uh, around browser stuff uh, to give you an idea of his level of involvement. He's amazing. Um, uh, Anyway, they had pushed to make sure that Dojo had continuity and was a fully open source project. And part of that was they created a foundation. And the whole idea behind it was that that way no one individual or company was controlling it, but it was also a recognition that it was bigger than one company. And I loved that idea. Like I've been thinking about that since 2008. And so with the transitions, one of the things that I really thought of is like, how do we ensure that this project that so many people depend on has continuity? And so I came back to, I think it needs to be a foundation. And I was really lucky, John Murdoch, who used to contribute to Zen Framework, Oh, I, was, I actually used to speak at conferences all the time. He now works at the Linux Foundation, and he reached out to me. And it was like the perfect combination. And so uh, we went with that. And it's 
the thing I really like about it uh, is that uh, it does. I mean, Zen Framework really outgrew just Zend backing it. We need the ideas of all these companies using it to come in and give direction. Uh, and that's what what's happening. And that's what I love about it. Uh, and having this company, you know, having this foundation behind it means if all of us go away, somebody could come and say, I want to continue this and the Linux Foundation hands on the keys and it's all done. Uh, right now they have ownership over our repositories. Uh, as of this past week, uh, they now have ownership over the domains. So everything is set up so that we'll just keep existing. And I love that about it. It's not just me anymore. Yes. It's all the people pouring their energy into it. Okay. I really appreciate that you you always think ahead, like uh, what will be the next, uh, like, like you, you don't let the project die. You, you make sure it is growing beyond beyond you that, that is that is amazing um nowadays uh, the market for for framework is getting very competitive so i wanted to know uh, what type of market is uh, laminas uh, serving as compared to the others so uh well first off i'll give you some stats is that for the past six months we've been the number one growing framework out there uh, our downloads right now are better. The combined downloads of Laminus and Zen Framework are better than we had in Zen Framework. Uh, and Laminus uh, outstripped Zen Framework downloads uh, somewhere around like four or five months ago. So we're definitely, you know, people are using us. Um, yeah. What I find, it's people who are choosing us. Uh, a lot of them are choosing us because we're decoupled. They can pick and choose which pieces they want. And most of those pieces are targeting standards. That is really our niche there is we want to have decoupled code that uh, you can put into any application and stuff that is going to particularly stuff that is uh, utilizing standards so that you have an implementation that you can depend on that has um, known quality guidelines. And uh, we have, I mean, that's, a, I talked about how my job is enabling uh, maintainers and contributors. A lot of that this past year has been about making it really easy to uh, test your stuff. So we have uh, this huge CI process in place uh, that's really well documented and it ensures that the code quality is top notch when it comes in. Mm. And then uh, a process run automatic releases to make it really easy for us to, as soon as we get that and we approve it, boom, we cut a release and it's done. Uh, so that's, that's our niche is really making sure that you have those small pieces that you need in every application so that you can just go and rely on those. Are you able to tell us if uh, the percentage of usage, is it like between uh, enterprise companies or end developers? Which one of these? I have no idea. Using? Okay. <laughs> I, honestly, uh, the, the only way we'd get an idea of that is if we either put telemetry into our code, which that will drop trust in the code immediately, or if we were to do a survey. Mm -hmm. And the survey is always yes. skewed by uh, the audience who actually looks for that sort of thing. So uh, I really don't know. I do know that within Perforce, okay. um, you know, the majority of our uh, customers are using a framework of some sort. And uh, typically those are the um, ones that are known for code quality and known for uh, maintainability. Uh, so Zen Framework and Laminus are a big percentage of that. Symphony is another big percentage. Um, so those are the ones that they are tending to gravitate towards. Cool. Uh, one last question on Laminas is that regarding the learning curve, how would you rate it? Is it easy, intermediate, advanced? And how would you recommend people like newcomers if they want to, to taste then, if they want to use then, 
uh, what would you what would be the setting point to them? Right. So we actually have two frameworks is what it comes down to. There's the Laminus MVC framework, uh, which is uh, similar to the V2, uh, V3 frameworks that uh, you know started coming up about a decade ago. And then we have Metzio, which is our middleware mm-hmm. runtime. Whenever anybody's asking where to go, I tell them to go to Metzio. And the reason is that it's easy to learn and it can scale to any complexity you want. Uh, so that's that's where I direct them. And uh, third on there, and it's actually a product of, um, you know, the, this third one, the, all the others are a product of the third one. It's, it's targeting standards. So you learn the PSR7, PSR15. Then you have Metzio, which is built on top of that. You can utilize that functionality within any ecosystem that is supporting that. Okay, enough of uh, programming. So let's get a bit into... <laughs> Your creative side. So when you are not using your brain power, how are you using your free time? I see on Twitter you have been posting like a lot of uh, drawings. Pictures. So if someone would see your Twitter, they would not even think that. Not oh, even now my program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a few years ago, I uh, I had to just like basically get pretty much off of social media and make it right only. Uh, and it's just, it was... Um, inducing a lot of existential stress. So uh, a couple of years ago, I started, uh, my oldest son gave me uh, just like a little four by four uh, journal. And um, I remembered that he and my other son had both t- uh, had a section in their art class in middle school that was around uh, this thing called Zentangle. Yep. And uh, Zentangle is a process. It, you have these uh, tangles, which are just patterns. And it's a process where you basically can go from a tile to a drawing in a meditative way, but also in a way where you're not having to be afraid of this blank canvas. Right. Uh, so anyway, I thought, you know, well, maybe I'll try and fill up this book with it. And uh, I'd given my wife a book on Zentangle a couple of years ago. So I picked it up and just started going through it. And it was like a six week daily course. Nice, and I was nice. doing that. And uh, I just realized that it was really uh, relaxing and meditative for myself. So I kept doing it and, Yes, yeah, so I, I remember last year I got inspired by you. Uh, I, I on Facebook, I think you posted this very nice Zentangle. Then I, I quickly jumped uh, with my wife. So we started like for one month, we did like the each week, each weekend uh-huh. we would do it. But we have stopped now. We need to, to re, re get back to it. But I, I conquer. It's a very good feeling because the colors, the way you draw the lines, at just at random, what is in, in your mind freely. Yeah. So yeah. the way you 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 do draw and you you just put in any color that's on your mind, so it's very refreshing. It's relaxing. I, it's fantastic, and uh, I just continued with it. I, I started up with a little over a year ago with um, uh, this artist Anioke, and uh, she has an art club, and so mm-hmm. I became a part of this art club and those weekly classes that we do, and. Uh, it's been so much fun to like, I, I never thought I'd draw art that I liked and now I do. And it's uh, just, and it's relaxing and I just get so much out of it. So it's saying it's what I'm doing all weekend and most evenings. My wife is a multimedia artist and we actually have uh, desks upstairs where she normally is working. And then I have a desk opposite her. So in the evenings we have music going and, and we're sitting right across from each other and it's constantly, like, Ooh, look what I did. And <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so much fun. Uh, it's, and it's a great way for us to just hang out together and, um, it's uh, more rewarding often than you know sitting and watching something or uh, other activities. So definitely nice. So uh, now I, I will uh, go through a 
rapid fire round. It's like you you just answer what is on your mind. Mm-hmm. PHP from scratch or PHP using a framework? It depends. If it's anything web facing uh, from a framework, if it's not, I'll start and then see if I need to add more to it. Okay. Coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Uh, I've had a Nespresso machine since 92. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mac. <laughs> Mac or Windows? Uh, Linux. <laughs> okay. Linux. Okay. Yeah, I don't do, I, I've done Linux for 21 years. So. Wow. And uh, music or drawing? Drawing. One person that you admire in the PHP community? Uh, Juliet Randers Fulmer. Hands down. One PHP-based project that you really appreciate or has caught your attention recently? PHP Fig. One fact about PHP or the community in general that people might not know? I think a lot of people who started on PHP in the last decade or so aren't aware that PHP didn't start with an object model. Uh, that's uh, We've been having one for such a long time that they don't realize that PHP 5 is when it was introduced. And all those versions before, we were just <laughs> okay. winging it. <laughs> uh-huh. mm. Thank you very much, Matthew. It's an honor to have had you tonight in this session. And, Thanks for uh, all right. me. No, it's a pleasure. So I look forward to have you again. All right, dear audience, thank you for being part of this uh, episode uh, tonight. And uh, if you enjoy what we are doing here at Voices of the Elephant, please give us a a like, share around, uh, talk about us. If you feel that we can improve and do much better, please, please get back to us on Twitter or email. Do let us know what we can do better to make this enjoyable and valuable for you. Thanks for listening to Voices of the Elephant. Voices of the Elephant is copyright EICC Incorporated and released under a Creative Commons attribution, no derivatives, share and share alike license. To nominate someone to be a guest on Voices of the Elephant, visit our website and click on the nominate link. The URL is voicesoftheelephant.com. Elephant is of course spelled E-L-E-P-H-P-A-N-T.